Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red S Podcast, your mom's favorite podcast, and we're very, very excited to be back here. Well, I don't think it's my mom's favorite podcast, but did you realize my mother's a little bit older? I'm not sure she understands podcasts. Yeah, that's... that's. Uh, but if she listened to podcasts, maybe. Yeah, she might enjoy that. Well, hi, I'm Rob White, fighting Texas Aggie class of uh, 2014. And I am Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie class 2015. And before we get going, I'm going to go on a rant. Here we go. I'm right. I'm all okay. ears. I'm going to start with uh, one of my favorite quotes from Seinfeld. It's from George Costanza. And he says, we're living in a society, right? Sure. We're all part of this. We're all in this together. And yet here I am in my 42nd year around the sun. And there are still people that insist on driving 57 miles an hour in the left lane. Those are the worst people, man. And here in College Station, it's not like you have to be on the bypass for that long, but it can be a miserable delay for the few exits that you do have to deal with it. (laughs) Uh, Not to mention then you get off the freeway and you have people driving 15 miles an hour um, in in a 35, I guess because they just like the scenery. Um, And and it, it drives me absolutely up the wall because the entire idea of all of this in life is for us to help each other out and and make things easier, both on ourselves and on each other. Right. Sure. And it makes it worse. And and the first thing that popped in my head was the thing in Germany. It's an escalator rule. It's not a rule. It's not a law. It's just everybody understands it and it makes things work better. Mm -hmm. If you're on the escalator, if you're just going to stand on it as it goes up or down, you stay to the right. If you're going to actually go on the escalator moving up or down while it's going up or down, you go on the left. Everybody in the country understands this. Well, and that's a very common thing, especially if you're like doing the walking sidewalks at the airports here. Same deal. People, if you're going to be standing, you're going to stand on the right. If you're walking, it's typically on the left. Brian Regan has an entire skit about this where it's stenciled. You know, there's signs up above that says, you know, stand on the right, walk on the left. You know, on the rails, it says, you know, stand, 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 walk, walk, walk. <laughs> on the actual walk path, there's pictures of feet together and apart. But no matter how much <laughs> stimulus you give to these people, it's not getting through, man. And it's it just drives me absolutely batty, and especially because we're... Like right on the precipice of heading into the holidays where everybody's trying to be nicer. The people that drive 57 miles an hour in the left lane are the same people that can't put their freaking shopping carts back. <laughs> These are just simple things that we're all trying to do in life to make everybody's life a little easier. But we can't seem to get through. So that that's I'll just end it at that. So uh, the concludes another episode of uh you know what grinds my gears so here we are (laughs) just batty man all right yeah so well we could dive in on football we all know what the problems are we saw it happen in front of our face we dive in on a little bit a little bit you know let's let's dip some toes here i know it's probably been discussed ad nauseum um once again, it goes back to the concept of there's really not a whole lot to fix because we know what this team is at this point, which is we're just not a very good offensive team, it seems. And that's and that's tough because – or maybe it's bad play calling. It could be a number of different things, but for whatever reason, we just can't seem to put it together. 
I, I think we are better offensively than we showed. Um, sure. If we would just, as you love to say, run the damn ball. Please. Um, it's weird. I, I I don't know that it's a, the offense is what it is because I think it's better than what we saw at Old Miss. But I I think – and we saw it at Old Miss and then we saw it defensively against Mississippi State. Yeah. Um, it's like we lose our identity because this team has an identity on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And when we stray away from that is when you see our problems. Yeah. Um, Zach Galzada should never have to throw the ball 41 times if there's not an overtime. Yeah, I agree. 40, him throwing the ball 41 times is not our offense. No, and it's it's astounding that we can watch this game where it seems we have a running back, you know, A-chain, what was he averaging, like nine yards a carry or whatever it was at one point? It was unbelievable, and then we just go away from him. Why do we go away from it? And Jimbo loves to use coach speak. He will talk about situational, breaking down to, oh, there was a penalty here, there was a situation here, had so-and-so just caught the ball. Well, it's like you can sit here and give us all the, you know, as we like to call it, the coach speak as you want, but it doesn't change the fact that we could sit here, watch this, and go, man, just right up the middle. Or, hey, look, A-Chain is all by himself out here in the flat, throw the ball. Uh, just whether it's decision-making issues on the part of the quarterback, whether it's just bad scheme or maybe bad play calling, it just seems like, for whatever reason, there have been times this year that we can't, we couldn't just put it all together, despite the fact we've got the talent, and that's what's going to lead to this being a rather disappointing season at the end well, of the day. And I, I want to get to that, um, but it, it's yeah, it's like, it, and I and I hear a lot, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of, you know, we're in plays and Calzado's checking checking us out of plays, maybe and stuff like that, and. Well, then just tell them not to. It's pretty simple. Just be like, run the play that I called. Just be done with it. Um, yeah. But um, but I obviously, you know, you want your quarterback to to be to be the guy that if he sees something, you know, because obviously you can't just say run the run the play I call no audibles. But there comes a point when you're checking out of so many plays and, and you're having maybe not even negative but not positive plays. Sure. You know, you've got to you've got to go back and it's got to be quick. You know, in game uh, adjustments. What you know? What did you see? Why did you see it to, to check? Or why did you check when you saw what you saw? But again, you know, we're we're all the way down the road on this one at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's it's a lot of we are who we are, and the mistakes that have been made have been made, and there's really not much else to say. Um, really? Yeah. yeah, so you said disappointing. Um, you know, I think it is disappointing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you technically still have 10 wins out there, which is uh, it's a big number to hit. You know, you, when you hit double-digit wins. Um, it's in, a level. In back-to-back yeah. -back years. Yeah, it's a level. So, you know, if, if you go out, beat Prairie View, beat LSU, and then win your bowl game, you can get to 10 wins again. Yeah. Um, so that at that point, this is the last goal, and it doesn't matter what bowl game that is, um, because that those chips are going to fall how they do, and and we've that's so completely out of our hands now because of our performance that. But it doesn't matter. Go and win the bowl game, right? I mean, that's all you can do. Um, give yourself a little bit of positivity going into next season, um, regardless of you know what the quarterback situation looks like next year, which is very much up in the air. And the pieces that we're going to lose both offensively and defensively. The fact is, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about this in the offseason, this is a very rare situation for Texas A&M where it's really not so much a rebuild as it is reloading with so many top-level recruits coming in. 
and Jimbo has really locked in on the top level recruits, which is awesome. We just got to see that level of production as time goes. That's what we want. And to see continual improvement. I think this season, uh, we can write this as a certainly a disappointing year, and maybe a slight down year for what we expect out of a Jimbo Fisher era team. But if our floor most seasons is going to be nine or ten wins, I mean, I love the thought process that we're going to be competing for playoff spots, for SEC championships. It just, I got to be able to see that taking place in front of my eyes before this, as it stands, is something that I will accept as, okay, it is what it is. Well, but then, you know, you want to try and be positive in the sense that, you know, we're disappointed we might end up 10-3. and three. True. You know, so, uh, you know, you can nitpick this season, uh, you know, week to week. Sure. But, um, you know, you beat Alabama, but then you get swept by the state of Mississippi, you know. Again, so, yeah. So, you know, it was just it's just such a weird year. Um, but, I, you know, we did, I don't think we had the offensive line. You know, that, that was the biggest thing is our – we knew the, the playmakers we had coming back. We knew the defense was going to be great. Yeah, and we were like, and I think all all of our optimism really was swinging on um, the the faith that we have in Henson on the offensive line, and uh, and kind of the excitement of having Haynes King, right? Sure, you know, guy, a kid that done nothing but win in his career, and he finally gets a chance to play, and and then that was you know that unfortunately you know what happened to Colorado, um, it and it, it you know you got Calzada, he's been in the system for a long time. It's not like this kid's new. No, he's not. So, but. You know it. You know it's not time to put a bow on the season just yet. No. Uh, but heading into Prairie View, uh, I don't. I don't know how much football we really need to talk. No, I mean Prairie View is a really good FCS defense, but that's exactly what it is. It's just an FCS defense. You know the one, the best team they've played on their schedule was Lamar, and they lost forty to nine. So, I mean that. Yeah, this this is not a game that that you're in trouble and. And I know that in years past there have been times when we've had the teams that we pay to come in and get beat. Give us a real, real close game, um, but yeah, I don't think. I mean, have we really even seen that with Jimbo though? Yeah, you know, that was years ago. No, I think it's going to be a. I mean, it'll be a slow start because that's just what our team is at this point. And you know, Anaya Smith and other players have talked about the slow starts and how they've been a problem. But but that's just who this team is. Yeah. You know, I don't think you're going to see and you know just an absolute real you know. You know, you're going to see a quick revolution. Uh, in the thought process here, a revelation of, ooh, here we are. Let's start start games faster. You would have seen that before. Now. It would be odd for that to happen in the 11th game. Right. It's like <laughs> this this should have happened, you know, mid-October or whatever. And we wouldn't have been in the situation that we're currently in. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, playoff talks are done. Really, playoff rankings at this point really don't matter to us. Um, no, honestly, I really don't care who wins. Um, I, I, you know, I... I'd love to see Georgia win just because I have friends from Georgia. Well, and it gets the monkey off the back finally. And Georgia's one of those top programs that honestly should be competing for national titles and should have won one by now. Yeah, they're, I'll tell you what, I was. I thought the the Kirby hire was um, – at first I was like, you know, be careful what you wish for getting rid of Mark Richt, right? Maybe. But Kirby Smart, everybody knew – you know, who he was, um, you know, he definitely made a name for himself at Alabama. And I, I, I think I'm surprised that it's taken Georgia this long. Well, they were so close. They were so close in that Alabama game. They honestly should have won it had they just not had that one blown coverage in overtime. Yeah, but still, like, I'm talking about have the team that they had this year. That's true. 
Yeah, I, I'm surprised they haven't put it together before now. But um, now on the flip side, I mean, do you want Georgia winning? You Maybe. Know. I mean, we're already recruiting against them. Yeah, that, that's the one team in the East that you do recruit against. Well, and that's the problem with the SEC, right? It's, you know, we we're talking about right now uh, with our recruiting class this next year, it's like, yeah, the third best recruiting class in the country, and it's also the third, third best, best in the, in the SEC. You know? and the second best in our division. That's the trouble with the SEC, though. It's the blessing and the curse. You're going to have top-level recruits, but you're still going against the best of the best every season. Eventually... The idea being that you overtake those teams, yeah, and then all of a sudden you are the dog, the first dog to the bowl, and everybody else is the runt trying to pick up the scraps. You want to start winning this thing outright, and you know, first things first, you beat Alabama. Congratulations! You don't need to be losing to Mississippi schools anymore. For the love of God, don't lose to Arkansas next year. Come out there, kick some ass, take some names, and if you're going to lose games, lose games to teams that actually mean something. Yeah. 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 It's, I, I think that's what's just so weird about this season was, you know, we go out and beat Alabama and Auburn, but then we get beat by Mississippi State. You know, Ole Miss is a, is a top 10 team, but no. like Mississippi State and Arkansas. Not good. Just wildly inexcusable losses. So, granted, I understand they're ranked right now, but it's no excuse. We're technically ahead of them, and we definitely have a talent gap on them. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the recruiting rankings shake out. Um, We're on pace right now. I'm not like a psycho recruiting guy. um, Oh, me neither. But I do know that we're on pace to have like possibly the best class in the modern era. And not just ours, but like would would get up to that Bama class from a few years back that was considered like the best ever. I mean, that would be phenomenal. Um, that's but that's how you have to recruit to be competitive. That's exactly that, that's what's crazy. If you were recruiting like that and in another conference, you'd just be steamrolling over people. Yeah, and like I said, I think there's a lot of good positivity that will come out of this. We've got to take this season for what it was. It's a bit of a letdown. You know, it's kind of that sequel after the big hit movie. You know, this is the second one that maybe didn't do as hot. Like last year was Cars, right? Yeah. This year was Cars 2, which was just, eh, not kind of there. Got to hope that next year's kind of Cars 3, like getting back on the horse a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. If we're going off of comparisons. Now, all this to say, you go 90 miles to the west, and you look yeah, we at... Did, yeah, we haven't lost Kansas this year. And <laughs> you, you smile and you go, well, it could always be worse. Because for the love of God, the wheels have fallen off. There is no gas. There are no brakes. This vehicle has been stripped for parts and sold for drug money. This vehicle does not exist anymore. What in God's green earth is going on in Austin right now? Well, that's the thing. Like, it's not just the actual football on the field. Like, everything is falling apart. It's it's a um, literal dumpster fire. But bef- before the Kansas debacle, you know, they couldn't get out of their own way. They had the Bo Davis, you know, video that, that leaks. They have the, the pole assassin and the monkey on Halloween. Yeah. And so, so, you have all this comedy, but you're like, yeah. But, you know, they win the last few games of the year, and, and they'll be able to salvage a season. And then you head in, and for the first time ever, you you let Kansas beat you in Austin. Um, and then afterwards, you have a press con- you have some press conferences, and then a media Monday, incredible with questions that are, um, it's like people lobbing grenades up at Sarkeesian, and then he doesn't know how to answer. Which I I don't know if he's in shell shock mode right now, or if he hasn't completed all of his PR training. Um, but his answers were unacceptable. And then you get the dreaded um, 
you know, it's like the kiss of death, the vote of confidence from your AD, which all but all but guarantees you're getting canned. But they can't can them. They can't afford to. There comes a point where you can't keep, you know, paying these buyouts. And not to mention, it's not just the actual dollars. You know, it's not the bank account dollars. It's the equity you have with anybody in the industry wanting to ever coach in that place. And that's the biggest problem because you as a coach now, any coach is going to look at Texas as really one of two things. One, if you are a serious coach and you want to go in there and actually try to do something, you realize they're going to pull the trigger on you very quickly if you don't get the job done. Secondly, it's a great spot for a coach that doesn't give a damn to go in and get an easy paycheck and get out. Yeah. You know, and I think for me personally, I would happily take the Texas jog completely torpedo it and then walk out of rich how much man. more can you torpedo this oh this is like when you go to the go to the anti-tank weapon range and they have like tanks from the 70s out there mm-hmm. you can keep putting rounds through it that thing's already done i like, i think uh it's man you, you gotta think how the executives are feeling at this point knowing what's on the horizon with this sec move Congratulations, Texas. You are about to be the Vandy of the SEC West. They might be the Vandy of the SEC. I mean, straight up, you're talking a program that has zero direction, zero thought. I mean, really nothing going for it. He's about to have a roster turnover, probably. I mean, they're talking... Like, more so than regular. They said there's going to be 33 addition, you know, new roster spots next season, minimum. That is nuts. I get that some of it is going to be freshmen coming in. But you're talking like minimum eight to ten people that are hitting the portal, if not more. Well, it's weird. Yeah, you know, we talk we talk about this a lot. In fact, I think we just talked about it five ten minutes ago. Mm. You, know, you talk about the identity of a program, and you take all these catchphrases and all this. Just you know, put those aside because um, they're too easy to pick on. Oh yeah. Um, you go and look, and you try and think back, Texas football. When was the last time they really had an identity as a program? Mac Brown. I, I mean, it has to be because, you know, you, you go back in the coaches and you're talking about, you know, the kind of coaches that, that they can get at Texas, right? Um, I think Charlie Strong bad, so badly wanted to be good there. And honestly, as much as we all like to dump on him a little bit, Charlie got dealt up really poorly. Yeah, he got a raw deal. Yeah. Um, and then Herman – I don't think he wanted to be good. I think he just thought him walking into Texas would be a success. I think he was too arrogant to, to be on either. He didn't go in there for a paycheck, but I don't think he went in there to put in the kind of work that's required to build build a program that, coming off of Charlie Strong, you know, was having issues. So, he went out there, at bare minimum, you could say what you want about his regular season prowess, but here's the deal. He never lost to Kansas. He won all four bowl games he coached. I mean, he maybe... He was just an insufferable prick. He was an insufferable prick, and that didn't help matters. Now you've got Sarkeesian, who has very much shown in a very short order to be a lame duck. This guy... Doesn't need is, to be in charge of a program. No. That dude is not a head coach. No. He is well, absolutely not. Well, he is. Well, he, <laughs> well, I mean, externally, sure. But I don't think... I think he... As far as his career in football is concerned, whenever Texas finally cuts him loose. He just needs to be one of those guys that spends the rest of his life as an offensive coordinator. I agree. Um, there's no shame in that. Uh, but I just, I don't think, 
he's got it to run a program. No, and, and it's it's happened twice now at two major programs. Yeah, his track record literally shows you that that him at the helm is it doesn't matter. There is no strike three in this situation. You just gotta you gotta keep rolling. So I mean, take it for what it's worth. I think it's just an absolutely insane situation that Texas is in right now. Granted, of course, we're not complaining about it because them being our top recruiting rival, that's so helpful for us. No, yeah, and we we touched on this last week. You know, if you look to your left and right geographically, again, you know, LSU, I know they're, you know, basically in the midst of a coaching search and I've seen so many rumors on that at this point that I'm just until it's literally announced um, like there's a press conference with a coach holding up a jersey or putting on a, a purple blazer or whatever the hell that you know. I don't know if he just sits down at a big crawfish boil. Yeah. I don't know how they do that, <laughs> but like, but I mean, I've seen so much speculation around the LSU job. Like, I mean, okay, well, let's do it this way. Are you taking the LSU job? I have a hard time wanting to do the LSU job just because of. I mean, not too dissimilar to Texas, just the amount of bull crap that's around the circus. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, you, Rob White, are are you currently uh, being contacted to be the next head coach at LSU? Unfortunately, no. Okay. Uh, And and I'm not either. I'm I'm not going to be the next. So we've ruled out two. Yeah. All right. It's it's, it's one of those things where I've heard so many names. And, and man, the, the, the Cajuns are doing the... Um, the flight aware stuff, you know, seeing flights going to, you know, there was one that went to Norman, oh, yeah. didn't have a tail number and uh-huh. they're getting Riley. And, um, you know, that, that's an interesting situation in Oklahoma because, you know, so much speculation around Riley was him going to the NFL, right? Yeah. You know, a kind of a same mold as Kingsbury kind of approach, you know, a younger guy, um, offensive mind. But that being said, what's the benefit of hiring Lincoln Riley? At Honestly. LSU, oh, I, I think he's an upgrade over Orgeron. I do. I he may very well could be, but you're talking about a guy who like if if Bill Gates like left uh, Microsoft was just done with it, right? And he just hands the reins and says, "Hey, dude, just keep doing exactly what is already going. Don't touch anything." That's, no, he, that's where he's at. Well, and don't get me wrong. Like Riley walked into a fantastic situation. Yeah, Stoops just had that thing on autopilot. Exactly. But um, but there is you know there is a point where you do have to sustain that, and and despite oh you get you know when they do get into the in the playoffs, just getting their doors blown off, like they're getting in the playoffs, you know. Yeah. So well, yeah, not this year or last year. Right, but it's. I, I, when I say I think Riley is is better than Orgeron, that's not because I think Riley is some great coach. No. Uh, I just think Orgeron's awful. Orgeron, I don't even know. We we can go into debate I'm, on how how nineteen came across. I'm, I mean, I'm starting to think he just completely lucked into it, and then he just figured he could put it in cruise control for the rest of his career because that's kind of what it looks like happened. Well, I mean, it's no, honestly, it's no different than what happened with Auburn back in 2011. Yeah. I mean, what Shizik was gone two years later. Yeah, that was after nuts. winning an after winning a national title, it's happening again in front of our eyes. Yeah, it's literally another Gene Chizik situation, just with a lot more uh, <clears throat> consensual sex going on, as far as I we think, know. Yeah, yeah. So it, at least, I, we, I we, at least I, we hope it's consensual. I, I think the whole it's going to be interesting where LSU goes because it's an attractive job. No doubt. Um, you're talking. You're talking. You own the state, which is a hotbed for recruiting, right? And it's you know prestige. Classic, 
It's mm. SEC know, West. SEC West. It's I would call LSU a blue blood in, right. that, in that sense. I think they're a blue blood more than just football. Yeah. So you know, it's just it's a rabid fan base. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, that's one of those where the coach kind of has to fit. I agree. You know, I mean, Les Miles was kind of great for that. Yeah, he was completely insane. He fit LSU to a T. Oh yeah, I mean, what other coaches out here chewing on grass? Yeah, and and then making fun of himself for doing it. You know, yeah, you know, he was kind of the perfect coach for them. Granted, you know, not all things work out. You know, who was our perfect coach for a long time? R.C. Slocum. Yeah, that, that dude fit our personality, and he loved this school and kept kicking ass, taking names. Eventually, though. You get phased out because you're not part of the game anymore. The game, yeah. the game moves on from you. You got to stay up. I wish it. the Les Miles experiment at Kansas had worked. I really did. Yeah, and then <laughs> just, oh well. just, just literally for no reason other because I thought it would have been hilarious. Oh, yeah. See him become like a mid-tier Power 5 yeah. coach. That would have been great. Well, what's funny is, so you talk about all this coaching change, and, of course, the Texas fan base is already – the fan base is looking at, at coaching replacements, right? Right. And they're projecting out, you know, after this year, after the following year, blah, 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 blah. And I think uh, one of the ones I, I think I saw was, you know, by the time we're ready to get rid of Sarkeesian, um, Dave Aranda will have shown whether or not he can be a head coach. And I'm just like, you see, you start laughing. That's the same thing. I, it, that's so delusional because if Dave Aranda proves to be fantastic, Dave Aranda's going to coach LSU. Oh, yeah. Well, because let's talk about it. What's a more attractive job, Austin or Baton Rouge right now? Yeah. I mean, let's face it, it's Baton Rouge. Even with Texas moving to the SEC, they are, at the moment, going to need so much work to become competitive. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take a lot more work than most coaches are willing to put in. Yep. Here's a question. So, and and this is, again, just roll with me. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, if Kiffin goes to LSU, is Texas or Ole Miss the more attractive job? I still think LSU. No, no, no. If Kiffin goes to LSU, is Texas or Ole Miss the more attractive job? Ole Miss is more well put together. It just is. Isn't that crazy? Well, and it doesn't matter that it's a smaller stadium. It doesn't matter if it's not a prestigious university. What matters is what is the program looking like? It's in the West. Ole Miss has put in the damn work to make that program outstanding. Well, and I think... And I think the expectations at Ole Miss from a fan base perspective are also incredibly realistic. They're like, dude, a really awesome year every once in a blue moon. We're down with it as long as we're going to bowl games and and beating Mississippi State. And they're still out there. You know, they beat Bama two years in a row. You know, like this is a program that will come up and bite you. You know what they are? They're kind of the Texas Tech of like 2008. Right, they're that program, but that, not out in the middle of nowhere. They're not, but not out in the middle of nowhere. You know, this is a program that is going to come up and bite you on the, you know, bite you on the foot as a snake if you're not careful. But you know, kind of ironic that Mike Leach is over at Mississippi State, but I mean, that's what that's what Kiffin is right now. He's a wild card. You don't know what's going to happen. And I and the Ole Miss name recruits itself a little bit. It does. It does. Um, Oxford is a beautiful little town. It is. Um, the old Miss women is a you know is legendary a, is legendary. The yeah. I don't think people care about the Grove that much, um, but old it's it's right there, man. It's so, right there, and it's a good good recruiting area. And I think one of the things that is really interesting to me about Ole Miss lately, and I'm sure you've definitely noticed this, 
they're going for an identity change. And you're seeing it right now with the colors. Yeah. I would say Navy's getting phased out in favor of the powder blue. Yeah, it's not a full-blown rebrand, like, roll everything out all at once. It's getting close. They're, they're getting kind of a little more old school. Um, well, because, I mean, powder blue helmets were very relevant back in, you know. Their what, what was, yeah, yeah, back in the 50s and the 60s or whatever it was. Yeah, shoot, I think they were still wearing them in the 70s. Yeah, so powder blue was very prominent within their program, and I think they're trying to reflect, honestly, not all too dissimilar to Texas A&M going back to the old huge lettering across the front with the TV numbers because mm. that's what we wore in the 90s when we were relevant. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so important to lean on as an identity what you are and what works. Now, they've introduced, you know, the powder blue jerseys, which I think look great. I hate that we lost to them, but I love the powder blues. I love the powder blues. And if I'm Ole Miss, I'm leaning hard on those all sports all the time. Just make sure that you make a universal color because – the baseball powder blue versus the football powder blue is very different yeah. and it's irritating me. <laughs> so just pick one. <laughs> yeah. No, it, I think Ole Miss is, is finally hit a point where they're kind of hitting their stride as an, uh, as having an identity outside of just playing Mississippi state, you right. know? And, um, and so that's why I think I, I mean, honestly, if both jobs popped open, I, I think Ole Miss is more attractive. It definitely. Imagine is. saying that 15 years ago. Well, I think if you said it's that, insane. well, if you said that 15 years ago, people would have been laughing in Mac Brown. Even even 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it, Mac Brown absolutely built up that Texas program, made them elite. I mean, they were. It was them in Oklahoma. That was when the Big 12 was good. Yeah. You had a really good Oklahoma team, a really good Texas team. Nebraska was pretty damn good most years. Yeah. Hell, Kansas State would throw in every once in a while. Oklahoma State was always rocking and rolling. We, you know, granted, we were kind of yeah, middling. We were, we were farting around. We were farting around until about 2010. Yeah. And then even then. But, yeah, no, I'd take Ole Miss. I would, too. That's crazy. So, I did want to jump on something because we talked about this before. But this past weekend, we had a very important round of World Cup qualifying that was going on for soccer. Yeah, so right? for those of us that are Premier League fans, we call it the international break. Yes. Because Premier League takes a break so all the stars can fly all over the planet to, to go play for their national teams. And not catch COVID. Yeah, and, yeah. And potentially get injured so they don't get to play back home. You know, yeah. kind of a novel thought. <sighs> anyway. But, um, uh, so we had, uh, the first one was Friday night? Thursday night, Friday night. Uh, it was, I want to say it was Friday night. We played against Mexico yes. in Cincinnati. Cincy. Yeah. Now, for those of you who are not aware of some history, so when the U.S. was doing World Cup qualifying, I want to say it started back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, I think it was like, no, I think it was like mid or late 90s. Yes, we started. started playing Mexico in Columbus. And it was like a cold, wintry night. It sucked for Mexico. The fans were pissed. Their players were pissed. We ended up winning the game 2-0. And then we ended up playing them again in Ohio the next time around when we got a chance to qualify for the World Cup. Same result, 2-0. And it has become kind of a running tradition to play Mexico in Columbus and the score be 2-0, which has subsequently led to a famous chant, which is dos a cero. Yeah, like it's one of those it, it's almost like Aggies like it happened twice so we turned it into tradition kind exactly. of thing. It happened it's like got its four own or five times Yeah, it's happened. Yeah. 
So, and and I thought, uh, it, just real quick, because this was last week, but yeah, um, I thought that was that was one of the better qualifying matches I have seen out of the United. States. That was one of the better matches I've seen out of the United States men's national team, and I don't know when. They well, they looked phenomenal, and it's the youth. Granted, they kind of struggled early. Everybody struggled early, um, but they put it together in the second half. Christian Pulisic comes on and immediately makes an impact, header and goal. He's so special. He's phenomenal. Pepe was very good. Freaking, you know, Timothy Weah out here kicking ass. Everybody yeah, looked Pepe is, good. Pepe's fun to watch. Kim Pepe's Kim's very Kim's fun 19. to watch. I mean, this is basically, this is damn near a U23 team. Well, this, well, I mean, we had the second youngest. Under 23 is what that means. Yeah. This was the second young, uh, the team that played yesterday was the second youngest team that we've ever fielded in World Cup. Well, we'll get to yesterday in a second. And yesterday, <laughs> we, we can go down that road, but I think what was wild about this team is the amount of youth on this team going forward is so promising for our future, especially considering we're already ranked like 13th in the world. Yeah. With our youth, this is a it's this is a new era era for the men's team, right? Um, and the women's team need to find that soon because Very. on the women's side, uh, it was uh, the big name superstars stuck around for too long. Yeah, they they stuck around for too long, and the younger players didn't get the the experience and the you know and the ability to grow uh, together as a team. So I the the women are going to take us. I I think it's going to be a significant step back from the performance we're used to seeing and we saw that in the olympics yeah but i think the men's team is like we are on the launch pad right now you know and and the engines are warming up so i'm not sitting here saying we're gonna go win the world cup no we will be competitive though we'll be well first of all let's start let's start simple we'll be in the world cup probably so yeah most likely we'll actually be in the world cup which will be new from last time. Well, yeah, and for those of you who were keeping up with uh, World Cup qualifying back for the 18 World Cup, my God, you go into the final day and there were 27 scenarios, 26 of which at least gave you a chance to make it. And the 27th happened and we ended up outside looking in, which, you know, fortunately we weren't the only ones that got railed on that. I mean, you know, Italy was in the same boat when they hadn't missed the World Cup in forever. But case in point, this was a set standard you make the world cup and that encourages growth for the team ironically we've come out on it cleaner on the other side i think this team has looked a lot better and i think what it did finally and it needed to happen the old guard god bless them we love them we love their service to this country it was time for them to retire and go and go off and go play some fun soccer in mls and call it a year and that's what you're going to see with the women's team they the old guard would not go away yeah um and finally and for the men's team finally it happened and i think i mean i think they can be competitive now granted we still have a lot of qualifying left to go we're just just past the halfway mark i believe yeah and um and we've left some points out there yeah if i think the next win guarantees us at least the playoff spot, which is right. good. Um, that will at least get us in the get our foot in the door. But you've got a handful of games coming up, and I've been a very strong proponent that when it comes to World Cup qualifying, there are two things you need to do. You need to win at home, and minimum, you need to draw on the road. If you can do those two things, that's going to get you pretty much 90% of the way there. What yeah. you want is a couple of additional wins on the road just to really secure it. But as it stands, I was looking at the points. Uh, the U.S. is currently in second, behind of all teams, Canada. Canada, because yeah, because they beat Mexico. Canada beat Mexico two one in a blizzard. It was sixteen degrees at kick. It was real feel was six. Phenomenal. 
And the best part was Mexico fans and players bitching all throughout the end of that game. Miserable. Phenomenal. Miserable. Well, and it was no different if y'all remember World Cup qualifying back in 13. USA played Costa Rica. And it was up in Denver. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, old, old, the, the snow game. Yeah, old Snow Classico, right? Yeah. And that was a great game. USA won that game 1-0. And uh, Costa Rica proceeded to protest the match uh, after it was over because of, obviously, the snow. Because of the weather, yeah. So, as it stands right now, your top four spots, which are the four that will uh, at least get you in the door, are going to be Canada in one at 16 points, USA 15, Mexico at 14, Panama tied also at 14. They're behind on goal difference. Yeah, top three are automatic qualifier. Fourth gets you to playoffs. Yeah, so right now Honduras is well out. El Salvador is not even close. Yeah, that's that's the thing is is our, our World Cup qualifying group is one that, given how we're playing and how some of those countries aren't, there's no excuse to even be in the playoff round, no. in my mind. No, I mean, granted, you drew one to Jamaica in a game that Jamaica absolutely yeah. had to win. So let's get into that real quick. So yeah. that was last night. Um, it was a doubleheader for CONCACAF last night because we played before the Canada-Mexico game. Yes. Um, and we were in Jamaica, and so there were like 90 fans there. Um, yeah, it was a really small crowd. It was a tiny crowd. Um, they they the, the place is so old, they don't have VAR, you know, that kind of thing, the, the, the review system. Um, and coming off, again, what I, what I said was, I thought, one of the better matches I'd seen from the men's team in yeah. just forever, honestly, against Mexico. They go out and just kind of lay a clunker against Jamaica. Yeah, they've, and they've had a bad habit of doing that. Yeah, and that's a, that's a bad habit. That's a, that's a mental thing that they need to address because they go out and, um, and I'm still fiddling around trying to get logged into Paramount, and I'm trying to follow the, the match on uh, just through Twitter. Yeah. And, and uh, we go out and score early. It was like the ninth minute or something like that. Yeah, 11th, yeah. Uh, yeah, 11th minute. It was very so, early. So, way uh, He scores, um, and that's about when I got it flipped on. And so, uh, I'm watching it, and then 10 minutes later, uh, Antonio uh, from West Ham just fires an absolute rocket for about 9,000 feet. To his credit, to his absolute credit, there was no defending that. None. That's one of those goals that is it happened. I, you can't I, I, I will it. say this. I think the keeper got caught a little flat-footed because I think sure. a little more lively and he can maybe get a hand of that. But uh, it was – I saw it and I was like – Sweet dude, Antonio, and then I was like, "Shit, Antonio!" <laughs> it's like at that point, your your loyalties are a little stretched because yeah. it's like USA, but West Ham. But, ah. So, so, so here's here's the problem I had with the match last night, though. And um, if, if for those of y'all who watched it, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, we draw one one. Probably should have lost three one. Should have lost. Period. Could have lost three one. Could have. You had. Um, the, the header that was called, that was a terrible penalty, but again, no VAR because of the, the facilities, you know, that they're playing sure. in. Yeah. And then the dude just has a sitter literally right in front of the goal, and he – I Skied I'm, it. I'm impressed he got the angle. He was so close to the crossbar, I'm surprised he got it over the crossbar. Yeah. And there was an argument to be made earlier in the previous half that there was a handball – uh, as well against the U.S., so well, I, yeah. I, I think that was ticky tack. I don't think the hand, I don't think it was a handball. He had, his, he had his arms in, he cut it up on the shoulder, uh, yeah. or just kind of up, up, right around between the bicep and the shoulder. And uh, you know, 
I don't think that's a handball, but those other two goals, Jamaica easily could have beat us last night. No, they definitely could have. So That's I, the I'm, clunker we laid. I'm, I'm happy to walk out with a point after the showing. Given the performance, yes. I'll take the point exactly. before the match. You're expecting three playing Jamaica. Exactly. Um, so t- take that match for what it's worth. You got to go into the next round of qualifying uh, just absolutely ready to go. Um, yeah, that's not until what? Next international break is January. Uh, January. Uh, and that's going to be our two toughest one. I mean, that's going to be an easy one and then the, our toughest match for sure. Uh, it's going to be USA hosting El Salvador. You have to win that one and you have to win it big. Get that goal differential up because they are bottom tier right well, now. Well, and, and like you said, um, you know, win the ones at home first off. Always. You know, always, always win your home matches. So, uh, so yeah, so that's that's kind of where where you start with it. And like you said, goal differential, it's it's important. It's all there is to it because if you end up not in the top, not the auto bid, and you're messing around with playoffs, yeah. you know, all that stuff starts to come into play. Yeah. So as it stands right now, the USA is going to be hosted by Canada on that second game on a Monday, January thirty first in Canada. So. Another snow game. Potentially another snow game. Maybe we'll get lucky. I don't think we'll piss and moan as much as the Mexico team, though. Oh, for sure we won't, because Mexico will piss and moan about literally anything. Anything that doesn't go their way. Exactly, because that's Mexico. Uh, No offense to our Mexico soccer fans that are watching this podcast. Uh, L-Tree, that's just with a single L, by the way. Uh, Enjoy that. For for example, this is the only time I'm going to say it. USA has beaten Mexico three times this calendar year. It's the first, first time, time ever in a calendar year. First yeah. time since 1937 that this has happened. And if I am a U.S. fan, that's L. Three. Yeah. Congratulations. Three L's for your team. Enjoy it. Yeah, I, I'm ex- I, mean, I really am excited for this team. Um, so, yeah, it's one of those where they all go back, you know, into the wins, back to their professional clubs, and yeah. you hope everybody stays healthy. But, um, you know, looking to kind of – forward to this and I'd like to get into this a little bit uh, in January when it comes time yeah. um, but you know you get El Salvador at home and yeah. you lay it to them and then you're worried about that Canada. match after you know let down only this time you know if you're going to drag your feet in a match after a big victory That's it's going to it's going to be against a club that, that'll take you to the shed and erase any sort of goal differential that you built up with El Salvador as it stands right now, I think if the U.S. I think if they end up winning both of those matches, we are guaranteed that's it. That, that that at least wins it. Yeah, yeah, you win them both, you're in the World Cup. I believe that's that secures a top three. Yeah, that's six yeah. points to us. That's going to put us up. I guess what were we at 15, so that'll put us at 21, 21 points, and that should be enough to get us in. Yeah, uh, regardless of how the rest of the matches play out. But I don't just want to make the World Cup. I want us to go out there and beat the snot out of everybody we play. No, I mean, yeah, I, you know, this is Concacaf, damn it, go you know, win. <laughs> yeah, it's we're not, you know, we're not going for the swag bag kind of thing. You know, I, I would love to see a team that's competitive on the international level, and so, you know, that's a little bit down the road though. You know, so right now it's go back to your clubs um, and get back together in January and and you know get to training and, and look forward to it. I'm I'm looking forward to the international break um, being over. Yeah. So. Uh, so primarily comes back. Yeah, um, for yeah, sure. Back this weekend. So I'm um, excited for that. And then, you know, you're hoping all that other stuff kicks back up, Champions League and all that. So yeah, um, The fun soccer. Not to say that international is not fun, but the fun soccer. International is fun in a different way, I, I think. Um, I, I find it easy. 
I find it easier to root for other countries when I'm watching international play. Sure. Then I find it easier to root for other Premier League teams. Oh yeah. Uh, Just because I like, you know, like the player or something like that. Well, and there's always, you know, there's always going to be one thing about another team that you're not going to like. Right. You know, like so, um, yeah, looking at that next Premier, uh, Premier League round coming up, you're going to have Wolves hosting West Ham. Yeah, yeah, we've got we've got Wolves on Saturday. Yep, and then Liverpool's hosting Arsenal. So, got to go break those cannons. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, it, when you're a fan of, of a you know of a team, it doesn't matter what the sport is. There are so many similarities. So there are. You know, we don't like really. You know, we don't really like anybody from the Southwest Conference. I mean, no. we don't dislike Rice because that's a lot of wasted effort. It <laughs> yeah. is. Um, but you don't like Texas. You don't like Tech. You don't like Baylor. Yeah, you, know, you just you didn't. You grew you up like, not liking. You don't them. You like just, TCU. You don't like SMU. Yeah, you don't you, like you're U-H. not going to root for them. No. You just you're not. Um, and but like. Nebraska, eh. whatever. Yeah, I mean, if Nebraska was playing somebody I didn't like, I, I mean, I could probably root for Nebraska. Like, I'll root for Nebraska when they're playing Ohio State. Cause yeah. Screw them, you know. Yeah. I'll root for Nebraska when they're playing against, I guess, Iowa. In most cases, just because I know Travis is an Iowa State guy, and but then again, they both hate Iowa State. I, you know, so I, Iowa State's weird. a perfect example. Like, for a Big Twelve day, like whatever, whatever. I mean, you know, if we're not playing them, I, you know, I can root for them. I can root. I like. I like their coach. Yeah, I mean, um, I'll root for them now that we're out of the Big Twelve. I'm like, go out there and wreck stuff because no one expects much out of you. Yeah, years. but but you hate the people that are local, and then yeah, through conference affiliation or just longtime rivalries, you have teams that you just will not root for. Like if if it was the Sips against Ohio State, at, Ohio State kind of the Meteor. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. kind of what you're rooting for. Yeah. Um, and, and can and, you imagine that for a national title again? I think the whole world might explode from whichever team wins against the clout. Barf. That just sounds like the that. I mean, that is how the universe ends. Dude, Halloween's already over. You can get rid of the nightmares, bro. <laughs> um, no, but but like in Premier League, I can't. I don't like any club in London. West Ham's in London, so all the other London clubs can just kiss my ass, like yeah. automatically. Hey, Burnford, congratulations! Glad you're up. Go back down. You know. Yeah. So like, like City, Man City. Yeah. Um, I'm not a city fan. I'm not against Man City. You know, it's in Manchester. I, I like that that they don't like United. You know, I'm okay with that. Right. So it's easy for me to root for De Bruyne. Whereas up there, you know, being a Northern England guy, Liverpool, we don't particularly care for any of the Manchester clubs. No, yeah. We don't like Everton. You don't really care yeah. about London. Yeah, you know, we don't. You know, London's kind of whatever, with the exception of Chelsea, because Liverpool and Chelsea's a right. nice little. Nice little Reds and the Blues. Yeah, Reds and Blues rivalry. But outside of the rest of that, I mean, Arsenal, we don't like them because they're top level. We don't like Tottenham, but strictly because Tottenham can't seem to find a way to beat us ever. (laughs) Uh, So it's just one of those deals. It's those teams that you just have to constantly play. You find ways to not like teams. Case in point, look at A&M baseball with TCU, right? That was a naturally born rivalry for baseball. Based on results, it was tough. It wasn't any kind of forced situation like with us in South Carolina, where it's like, yeah. "Hey, this is a rivalry." No, rivalry is born out of hate and frustrations on the field. You know, hey, proximity helps. Proximity helps. Yeah, it's it's not like we had zero history with TCU. You know, so um, but yeah, no, that the the A and M TCU baseball thing is is born out of just sheer hatred. Yeah, and now we're at a point where. Maybe it's subsided a little bit on our side because, well, we've kind of pilfered the ca- uh, the cabinet there a little bit. Right now, there's a lot of anger that was pointed inward at the program as opposed to outward. It was. Um, but when you get 
back to rolling. Yeah. Um, well, and what's funny is, so, you know, we're just miserable. Can't stand TCU, right? Yeah. But if you're TCU, you're like, whatever. We don't care about the Aggies. We just beat you. That's all we do. Now they're not happy with us for taking Jim. Now they, now they have got to be pissed off because we took Sloss. Yeah. So that rivalry has now been flanked. You know, that, that, it's been, the fire's been fanned from both sides. Yeah. So I think... Honestly, you talk about kind of ideal situations, right? I think, well, I'm getting all excited for Aggie baseball. Well, I'm telling you, if we end up making good run, I mean, of course, there are teams that you have to beat in the SEC to make that run. I think three series that are all very important to win. Obviously, beat LSU. Got to beat Arkansas. You got to beat Mississippi State, and really Ole Miss too. Those are all tough teams. Really, the entire West is just a freaking nightmare it's, it's, every season. It's like, it's like it's like playing in the AAA with a college team. It's just tough. But, you know, <laughs> you, you take care of business against those teams, particularly Arkansas, so they will shut their mouths. And secondly, also. <laughs> you got to go in uh, the Super Regional situation, Omaha, whatever it is, and en route to a national title, you got to beat TCU on the way there. Because guess what? That's one thing they still don't have. Yeah. Neither does Arkansas. Mississippi State finally does. Took them long enough. Man, it is. Good Lord. It is November 17th, and I'm getting fired up for Aggie baseball. Now, there is another sport that's going on in the middle there, of course. That's basketball. Who is 4 0? Yeah, so, yeah. They, Shockingly. They, they played the lunch break game today. Yeah. Um, and they won handily. They, they kind of whooped them up. And again, we get it. It's Houston Baptist, but whatever. But these are the teams that last year we struggled with. Yeah, and, you know? and as much as people are going to get on how that Abilene Christian game came along, that's a team. That was a tournament team last year. Who beat Texas? Well, and then here's the Abilene. Here's your counterpoint for Abilene Christian. Sure. Did we win that game? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So hush. Exactly. You know, these these are these all are, that matters is you won. These are early season battles with a team that I think he's still trying to get right as far as how he runs his rotation. Yeah. Um, but you have to have a little glimmer of, of hope and excitement for Aggie basketball this year. Not to mention, like, it's kind of time to start putting up. Well, it is it is time to start putting up because we're at a point where, you know, Buzz has been here, what, three years, four years? It's, it's one of those things where everybody's going to get the COVID donk. So you can just scratch that year. Right. You know, and, and the problem is, is does that affect, you know, into the next year or so? I'm just I'm taking it you know one step at a time with them. The women look great. Uh, just of, color of me shocked. <clears throat> and of course, uh, Gary Blair's final season. So if you haven't made it out to a game, please go go support. Yeah, Aggie basketball, basketball games are fun, anyways. They are fun um, when you get a chance to go. Um, man, I just I will say normally I wouldn't get a chance to go, but we are having a light month, which that's what's coming up with December. Every once in a while, that's nice though. It is nice. So what we're gonna be doing. Is as it stands, we're off this weekend, so uh, I'm gonna run out to Harry's Friday night to go watch Reed South Hall. Saturday, our buddy Hayden Baker's playing at the tap, so we're gonna be able to swing two shows just to watch for once uh, this week. And then um, after that, we've got Kenny's store down there just south of Brenham, and that'll be on Friday. Friday after Thanksgiving? Yeah, Black Friday. Oh, so Black Friday show that's 18 plus, and then. we're back in town. It's going to be Brewster Street Ice House down in Corpus on Thursday. Hurricane Harry's on Friday night with uh, Pegasus in the rooftops. Saturday, we're going to be up in Fort Worth uh, with our friend Holly Beth opening. And then we don't do anything until the end of the year. So That'll be a nice little break. It'll be a nice and, break. And I'll tell you what, December is a fun time to get out to basketball games. It is. Um, you know, your schedule lightens up. And I get that even as a student, um, you know, you're kind of right in the middle of finals. But... 
you know, it's you, not a bad study break. You always end up. To, you all, well, exactly. It's a couple hours at read. Get, grab a couple folks. Just close the book for a second. Study breaks are healthy. They um, are. But also finals end. You know, you don't. Not everybody has finals every day. Finals end. Not everybody has got their you know truck idling in the parking lot during the final, waiting to just squeal out of town. No. People tend to stay an extra couple of days and blow off some steam and party. Go check out an Aggie basketball game. Go to a men's game. Go to a women's game. Have a good time. The holidays, it's always cheap, too, for the people that live local. Oh, the games are not like, expensive. They're dirt cheap to go to games. Um, and it looks like, on the men's side, it looks like we might have a product to watch, man. I mean, they looked pretty phenomenal today. Um, there were some highlight plays <laughs> that yeah. came out of that thing. That yeah. little alley-oop, that was pretty good. So, I'm a... Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, so get out there and support the basketball team. Um, uh, they need the support just because we have such a tough time with basketball at this school. You know, it's we do. A, it's a prove it or we're not showing up kind of thing. Right, and that's certainly something we can discuss on a later podcast. But, it's yeah, it's a very, very true thing with this with this school. We, um, you know, we're going to make a point to talk about that on a podcast because – We tend to not talk about basketball. Well, not just basketball, but, yeah, we'll talk basketball, but we'll also talk the attendance of basketball because I get it that we're a football school first and a basketball school second. Um, but those, you know, they're out there. They got Aggies on the jersey just like all the other sports. That's true. Um, and I understand that men's basketball historically is, you know, we just haven't been okay. you know, anything to watch or haven't been that fun. I get that. But, um, you know, you got to get out there and support them. But, you know, we talk about if you, you know, when we're good, they show up, right? Like the Caruso, oh, sure. when the Caruso was here. Yeah. Um, what else does Gary Blair have to do to prove to you that they're good? Like, get your butt to read and go watch a women's game. Yeah, hashtag get to read. That's <laughs> yeah. all classic, right? So, uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to close on this because it was a topic that popped up on my timeline. I think you may have jumped in on it, but I think it's worth talking about. Somebody posted a picture of the T.C. Williams football team and the Odessa Permian from Remember the Titans of Friday Night Lights. If those two teams were completely healthy on a neutral field, who's winning that football game and why? I <laughs> I, I did not get in on this on Twitter. <laughs> so, you know, so we're talking Remember the Titans, T.C. Right. Williams going up against um, Billy Bob Thornton and his yeah. Friday Night Lights boys. Completely healthy. Who's win, who wins that game? So we're talking, yeah, we're talking the movie Friday Night we're Lights, talking, not the show yeah, Friday no, Night no, Lights. we're not crap. talking the show Friday Night Lights. We're not talking... Talking the, about the actual Permian from back in... Okay. Yeah, that, played, yeah. that played Carter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're not talking about... And we're not talking about the real team versus the real team. We're talking about strictly what was on screen. Who's winning this On game? screen. So boobies out. No, no, no. What I'm saying is if both teams are completely healthy... What's boobies? Oh, well, no. Per, Permian by 20. Exactly. Yeah, Permian per would am absolutely destroy him. No, and see that's the deal. People were talking TC Williams. Oh well, look at that defense. I'm like, also look at the advancement of football technology within 20 years and the strength and conditioning. You're talking about two very different programs in terms of how they went. You know, like oh well, they jogged all the way to Gettysburg. Yeah, and Permian's out here practicing in 110 degree heat in the summertime in Texas uh, before practice uh, restrictions. Yeah, so before two, practice restrictions. Two a days were about six hours worth of practice. They were. Like six hours in pads. Yeah, and you're talking about literally way of life versus, you know, oh, well, we, we had a feel-good story about everybody getting together. Great movie. I love Remember the oh, Titans. Oh, one of my absolute favorites. It's a phenomenal movie. Great lines in it. You know, Run up on him, Herman. Leave no doubt. Classic movie. <laughs> but Friday Night Lights, booby miles, healthy. They're winning by 20 easy. Uh, you, dude, people... 
It's so funny to try to explain this when you go other places. People don't understand the religion that is high school football in Texas. Yeah. They just don't get it. And we played Permian in the playoffs. We were winning, and they call it uh, the, what the Permian Magic, whatever they call it. Mojo. Per, yeah, the Mojo. Mojo. We baby. were up, no problem. All of a sudden, we lost. Yeah. I, it's like it just came out of nowhere. That's how Mojo happens, man. Man. Yeah, they. Dude, honey, I'm from Odessa. It's in Odessa. It is in Odessa. I will sprinkle in one more. Um, someone asked for a bonus. The winner of that game has to play the West Canyon Coyotes. From uh, Varsity Blues. Well, I see. I think that's even easier because I think Permian. Yes. I think Permian completely rolls over West Canaan. Why? Because West Canaan is doesn't treat this like a religion. They, it's no, no. It's, per, Permian takes this seriously. West Canaan doesn't. It's will, another feel good story. Well, and, well, and you know, speaking of West Canaan, let's also just go into the easy part of this analysis. Permian was at that time a five A. They're like a 3A. Yeah, West Canaan's also, yeah. Yeah, West Canaan's a 3A. They're going to get rolled. Yeah. They're not even a team. They might as well not even. John Ma- John Moxon, Lance Harbor, didn't matter. Billy Bob's already got a concussion. doesn't matter. They're done. Yeah. It's all Permian all day. That, now, John Billingsley's going to hold on to that damn football, and they're going to win that game. See, there's – yeah. There's, 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 now, now I wish we could do like a bracket, but there's not enough like high school football movies out there really to, yeah. to do this with. You know, we, we may have to do a, a a movie college football bracket. We're going to have to run through it. Maybe maybe we'll do that once football season ends. Well, I would say, you know, I think a college football bracket, maybe like a professional sports, because there's so many professional ones. Or, you know, hey, winner's got to take on the, the – Mean machine from August Yard, you know, like just whatever. Like we can go over the skill position players. We can go. Over. Well, that means the guards have to be in the bracket too. Well, yeah, the guards exactly, but the guards are you know are less than like a semi-pro team at this yeah. point, you know. I think like the replacements exactly. So who'd win between the guards and the replacements? We don't know. Keanu Reeves always wins, though. Of course. So this and Gene Hackman. I mean, how do you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so great, we got an idea. So hey, if you got football movies, teams, specific teams from football movies, start throwing them our way. If, if you have a stupid bracket that you would like us to talk through and actually analyze, yeah, we or will ideas bu- for stupid brackets. Yeah, we'll build up a stupid bracket and we'll make it happen. Because once football season ends, um, I love going to basketball. I'm not the greatest basketball analyst. Me breaking either. down breaking down basketball games is not my forte. Um, no, we, we'll talk results and be like, hey, good yeah, job. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. results in games, but, um, uh, you know, until it gets to, to tournament time, um, you know, I, you know, again, it's, it's A&M. We have a hard time. If we start putting out basketball podcasts, nobody's going to listen to us. Yeah, unfortunately, um, unless they start Just, winning. Uh, and then, yeah, then every bad thing will be popular. Then everyone's going to be like, why so, yeah, are we stupid, losing to Tennessee? Yeah, you stupid know. brackets. I'm a huge fan of hypothetical stupidity. Yeah, uh, no, I'm sorry. Stupidity that is hypothetical. I don't know which way. Either way, yeah. it's going to be fine. So please send us some th- those teams. We will absolutely uh, do some deep dives. Or just ideas. Those. We'll put together ideas the brackets. Yeah, we'll just yeah. do a bunch of brackets. Bracket season, S-Z-N, season. Yes, that's, yeah, y'all, while all y'all are be Christmas shopping, we'll be bracket season. That's right. So... Anything, uh, so I think, uh, safe to say, we're, we're going to be off next week, uh, Thanksgiving. I'm heading back to New Mexico, so. Um, when are you leaving? Tuesday. Yeah. Morning. All right, well, so then it's done. Y'all have a very, very happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> if you're traveling, please be safe. Um, yeah. But, you know, enjoy Thanksgiving, and uh, 
and and spending time with with friends and family. And I'm, uh, I'm we're staying here in town actually for Thanksgiving. Oh, nice. um, yeah, I've got a couple of buddies here in town that don't have a. It sounds like they don't have anywhere to go, so we're always yeah happy to bring some people over. Um, That's good. If you're stuck here uh, and you can't make it home to family for Thanksgiving, shoot me a DM. Um, I'm always happy to buy a little bit bigger turkey and invite some people over to the house if you don't mind. Turkey, booze, and Cowboys football. I mean, that's typical Thanksgiving, isn't it? Yes. Speaking of that, how hilarious was Gary Blair walking into his press conference and he starts it with, how about them Cowboys? I love that old man. <laughs> Gary Blair is just the definition of what we love about college Jeez. sports, man. That dude that dude He's a good old boy, too. He's hilarious. He's a good old boy. And you know what? All these little girls out here playing basketball just absolutely love him. They love him. And, they and, love him. And he's found a way because they're, you know, the reality when you look at it like uh, what's her name out of South Carolina Don Don Staley, mm. you know she's younger. It, it's one of those things where when you have a coach and they're older, you wonder if they're going to be able to still relate to the players and coach them. Yeah. And uh, and Gary Blair is one of the few that that has has hit that age and is still able to um, you know to get production out of his players. You know he can still bridge that gap uh, of age to to still coach the game. Yeah, he's done a fantastic job, and so uh, we will reiterate once again: get out to both men's and women's basketball games, yes. support, go listen to Hubbaloo Band, go enjoy the Yell Leaders, go out there and have a good time, just enjoy it, keep it, keep it fun, family friendly, and beat the hell out of whoever we're playing that day. Um, make sure you do follow uh, both myself and Roy on Twitter. It's Rob the Slapper, Roy May Fifteen. Of course, I'm, I'm going to giggle every time you say that. And this is, uh, of course, the Red Ass Podcast. If you haven't had a chance, go check out my new Instagram page, Shred Dirt Designs. It is out there. It's real. The products are real. Give it a look. I made a new logo. It looks super fly. Check it out. Hey, happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Gig'em. Gig'em. Beat the hell out of Prairie View and LSU. Yes, both. <laughs>